again, in some of the previous podcasts that I put out, I've spoken about planning for the trips that I do now, and usually they involve a little bit of work or sometimes quite a lot of work. So I'm running, as I record this, I'm just completing planning for a trip to Uganda in um, uh, less than two months now. I'll be there in two months' time. However, not everything I've done has been that well organized. And I'm just going to share a story. It's quite a long time ago now. It's back in uh, 1997, so 25 years ago, as I record this. And I was living in Cairns in North Queensland in Australia. And basically, when I was living there, I was quite into scuba diving. And I would get out onto the Great Barrier Reef whenever I could. And I would take photographs with an underwater film camera that I had at the time. And... Um, that was that was great fun. It was good going out on the boat. It would take uh, about three hours to get out to the reef from Cairns. Then we'd do some diving out there and then come back again. So one day in Cairns, and going back that far back, uh, Cairns was a little bit different. It's uh, been redeveloped since then. I hadn't been there for quite a while, but last time I was there was probably uh, in the order of 10 years ago, uh, eight to 10 years ago. It had been redeveloped fairly substantially, certainly on the uh, the beachfront. So it it isn't the the town that I knew, which uh, uh, it was a little bit rough around the edges still back then. Anyway, um, one day I was walking through Cairns, and there was an office for the Papua New Guinea airline, Air New Guinea, and. Um, I wandered in there because that's the kind of thing I would do and just picked up one of their magazines. They had their in-flight magazines just on a rack and I picked one up because there was an article in there about a guy who was diving in Bootless Bay, which is um, the bay around Port Moresby, which is the capital of that part of uh, Papua New Guinea, um, the, the island, because it's split in half. Uh, part of it is... Um, uh, Indonesia and th then there's the other part and um, this guy had been diving World War II aircraft wrecks because in that area in the Second World War there had been uh, quite a lot of activity going on with the uh, the Americans and the Japanese primarily I think the Brits were in there as well and as a result there were some old aircraft wrecks these were aircraft that I, I believe um, some of them at least had run out of fuel and it had to ditch in Port Moresby in, in Bootless Bay. So uh, anyway, all looked very interesting and I have an interest in flying, as you may know, from other podcasts and also in diving, which I was doing a lot of at the time. And at the bottom of this article, it had the guy's name. He actually had his phone number <laughs> in, in uh, Port Moresby. So I just went to one of the public call boxes in, um, in Cairns. So... Uh, this was this was definitely before smartphones and uh, we didn't all have mobile phones back then. And basically I phoned him up and said, uh, could we do some diving? So he was slightly surprised by the phone call and was up for it. So I arranged to get myself out to Port Moresby. There was a flight from Cairns, uh, I can't remember if it was once a week now or, but, you know, periodically. It wasn't, I don't think it was every day, uh, but you could fly over there. And basically, I flew over to Port Moresby um, and stayed in this island resort. So arriving in Port Moresby back then, uh, it was interesting because it was lawless 
is too much, but people there lived in compounds and particularly if you were white, you had to be a bit careful because you sort of stood out a little bit. And um, I'd heard all sorts of stories about people being held at gunpoint and robbed. And there was another story going around that people would steal the springs from windscreen wipers on cars and they used them to uh, use them as trigger springs um, in homemade guns. So it was... um, None of that was in the tourist brochure, so it was kind of an interesting place back then. So I did fortunately get picked up eventually um, when I got outside the airport. I had attracted a bit of attention and uh, anyway, stayed on this island resort, which was relatively secure. And uh, the guys were coming to pick me up to go diving um, following morning. And unfortunately, they were about an hour late because what had happened where they were moored up, uh, they apparently they were wheeling a trolley of um, compressed air cylinders for for divers to put on one of the boats, and the trolley went through the uh, um, the wood of the uh, the key the pier that they were uh, moored up against. So uh, obviously that had been missing a little bit of maintenance um, along the uh, along the years, I guess. So uh, anyway, we we eventually went out and. I don't know if you're a diver listening to this, so if you are, normally the procedure is that you uh, you check your gear out, um, you have a buddy who, before you go in, you also just check each other's gear, make sure everything's properly put together, that you've got good pressure and all these other things. Well, there was none of that. The, um, the guy driving the boat, he was looking at, trying to figure out from landmarks roughly where this wreck was. We were looking at a um, a single seat fighter wreck, I think an American aircraft. And um, anyway, he figured it, it it was roughly in the right place, just threw the anchor overboard and I had visions of it just going straight through the cockpit. Uh, so no GPS location, none of that kind of sophistication. It was all very much um, done by sight and by guesswork. And then everyone just dived in. So there was no buddy stuff at all. And I have a feeling it was on that dive that my stab jacket, which is the um, um, stability jacket. So you use it to inflate to um, well, get yourself neutrally buoyant for one thing. But also when you want to go up, you can inflate it to go up. And um, that was leaking <laughs> slightly. So I was sort of rotating very slowly and trying to swim against that as I was swimming around. But it was quite good. I and mean, when we got down there, I got some photographs of um, this aircraft. There was also a little uh, ferry uh, they had, a very small kind of, it was almost a river ferry type thing that had also sunk at some point. So we were swimming around that. And basically, it was it was quite a nice trip. It was a, it was an unusual thing to do. And um, yeah, I met, met some people, as you do when you travel uh, on these things, and uh, I think I was only there for a couple of days. And the thing that stands out for me was actually the trip back from the island because I had to leave very early in the morning. I think it was maybe 4, 4.30, something like that. So, or maybe even 5, but that sort of time. So it was before sunrise and we basically I had to go on a boat from the island to uh, a point on the shore uh, which basically meant mooring next to a couple of other boats, climbing across those to get to um, the roadway. And then we had a van um, that took me into Port Moresby. And on this boat, it was really, it was almost surreal just um, sitting in this boat. So I was the only passenger 
um, there was a guy up front. You've got to imagine it's quite a long, thin boat, maybe um, um, a couple of metres wide at best, maybe four metres long, something like that. Uh, three, four metres long, not a very big uh, boat. And uh, at the back, there was a guy handling the outboard motion and a woman with him who appeared to be in charge who was just occasionally giving him direction. So we're going along um, Bootless Bay, basically, and the mountains are on one side, and I could see these just pinpoints of light every now and again where people had fires. And as we were travelling, there was just that pre-dawn glow. So if you've been out before uh, the dawn, you get that pre-dawn glow before the um obviously where the sun is 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 about to come up and you get some backlighting behind the hill so that's what it looked like and it was just a very very strange experience with nobody really speaking this lady occasionally saying something in and I, and I don't even know what language they speak there that's how unprepared I was I just decided to go and um this kind of real kind of surreal um just these occasionally spots of firelight in the hills the uh, pre-dawn glow behind them and then we uh, we eventually got there and got to the airport and I went back to Cairns but it was just an unusual experience and it's one that I'm I'm pleased I took and the reason for sharing this I guess is that certainly these days and I'm not as bad as some people and I certainly have done trips like when I went across Botswana my planning for that was literally five minutes. I mean, I did nothing. Somebody just said, you want to do this trip? The lady who was helping me organise it, I was trying to fill in a week between being in South Africa and going to Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe. And I really had had a glance at the itinerary. It was basically going where I wanted to go. And I said, yeah, let's let's go. So that's unusual. Most of the time I do do a lot of prep. I look at where things are going and um, I make sure I've got all my gear, which I did with this one. But it really was a case of throwing my waterproof camera um, in a bag. There were a couple of other things I needed just for um, for swimming to, to have under the wetsuit. I'd normally get a uh, my scuba diving equipment wherever I was going, so I didn't carry any of that around with me. Um, I think I may have taken a mask with me, but that would have been about it. And it was just an unusual experience, and I kind of just scratched the surface really but it was um it's something i'm pleased i'm pleased that i did so as i say the reason for doing this for sharing it is that sometimes it's good to just say yes or to go with an instinct to do something and see where it takes you 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 can have the the quite unusual experiences so um, this one was good and i as i said i was doing a lot of scuba diving at the time around the barrier reef and that was um that was really enjoyable and i got to know um the people on the boat i used to go out with hitchhiker <laughs> i don't know if they're still going but probably not i mean it was a long time ago but i knew some of the crew and being a, a pom being english with australians that was always a um a bit of um ribbing going on one way or another um but this this trip was completely different and it was just going around wrecks and it was going somewhere completely different um certainly Papua New Guinea at the time was known for being a little bit risky to go to so I would say if you are thinking of going somewhere like that do take precautions while you're there just make sure you have got to pick up um and just just look confident don't have 
things where they can be easily stolen. Uh, don't get yourself into situations where there's no help around, potentially. I mean, there's a whole lot of things you can do. So it's a lot of it is common sense. But having said all of that, going to these places can be um, good as well because they're not on the, you know, well off the, the tourist track and maybe even not even remotely close to it. And yeah, you can have the most unusual experiences. So just a, a very short um, recollection, I, I guess, but I was just thinking about this the other day and thinking that a lot of what I've spoken about has been on the kind of in-depth planning side, which is what I tend to do these days. Uh, looking at um, going to places like Uganda, where I'm going very soon. But if you are in a place like Cairns, where you might have to already have to be taking the right medicines, you're not, and I wasn't traveling somewhere that was significantly different in terms of the kind of um, health threats that were around, um, the kind of um, environment I was going to be in. So it really was a case of pretty much jumping on a, a plane for, uh, I forget how long the flight was, a few hours, and um, being somewhere totally different, which is quite an unusual experience if you've ever spent a lot of time in Australia. Okay, I will stop now, and um, whatever you're doing, I hope you have a good time doing it, and I will speak to you again very soon. Bye for now. Just before I go, I want to let you know that there's a couple of ways you can support me if you feel so inclined. Uh, with the podcast, Buzzsprout, which is the um, the platform I use for all of my podcasts, they have a subscription model. So if you feel that you would like to subscribe, a few dollars, a few euros, whatever, um, to the podcast, that would be much appreciated. The other option is my Patreon membership. So if you'd like to become a patron, and that starts at the price of a cup of coffee every month, you'll get access to exclusive material, behind-the-scenes material, photography tips, all this kind of stuff, depending on which tier you're at. So there is information available through my website and um, also on the, uh, uh, the written text to go with this podcast. So if you choose either one, thank you so much in advance. And whether or not you do, I hope you uh, continue to enjoy the podcast and let other people know about them. Thank you very much. Bye for now. 